Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. 88.1 WKNC. My name's Sarah. My name's Janae. And you're listening to Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC. Today we've got some awesome people from Groove in the Garden, an event that's coming up near here. So hey guys. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Uh, so if you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what Groove in the Garden is. Yeah, my name is Adam Lindstedt. I'm the owner and operator of the Poorhouse Music Hall, and Groove in the Garden is the annual festival that we put on at Raleigh Little Theater uh, in conjunction with Raleigh Little Theater. We're partners on the events. It's going down this Saturday, October 21st. We have uh, 12 bands from across the state performing from American Aquarium, Two Bob Crew, Bombadil, Lonnie Walker, Ghost Blonde, Kate Rudy, and many more. Uh, the whole day is filled with all sorts of vendors, food, beer from Foothills and Raleigh Brewing, and just lots of really great local stuff. It's really a celebration of the great art and music we have in North Carolina. Oh, real quick, because you mentioned that there's beer served, I wanted to say, is the event all ages or 21 plus? It is an all ages event. Uh, right. You obviously need to be 21 or over to, to consume alcohol at the event. We'll have beer, wine. We'll also have cold brew coffee from Larry's Beans, and they'll have all sorts of coffee concoctions going on down in the garden as well. Yeah, and it's a great question, Janae. Um, just uh, This is Charles from Raleigh Little Theater, but you know, we really kind of uh, intentionally do this as a family-friendly event. There's a kid zone. Um, you know, folks of all ages are welcome. And, uh, and it's really fun. It starts at noon with the doors opening and the headliner American Aquarium goes on at eight, but you know, sometimes folks will come for the early part of the day and then they'll take a break and they'll come back for the headliner. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll come and hang all day, which actually won't be that hard to do hopefully on Saturday because it's a high of 78 and like partly sunny. So it's going to be Ooh, a nice day. Nice. Last year we did it today. In, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. If it had been today, Ugh. that wouldn't have been that last <laughs> Last year we had this event in August and it was a little, it was a little warm out it was there. 164 and... <laughs> degrees, I think. Yeah. 200 with heat index. Yeah. About. <laughs> that sounds right. So we decided to move it to October this year for what will be the third groove in the garden. And so it's just a really great, I mean, basically you're hanging out all day in a park. Uh, it's an amphitheater that um, seats about 2,000 people and a rose garden with like 57 types of roses. And you can wow. basically just like hang out, listen to some beautiful music. I really love even what I end up doing, although I'm kind of working, is I'll like hang out at the main stage for a while, catch, catch like an, an act or two that I'm really excited about. And I'll go hang out in the Rose Garden and listen to like an acoustic set from somebody like by the fountain, which is really cool. And so what, like how was this event started? So like Charles mentioned, this is the third year of Groove in the Garden. I have known Charles since before I got to the poorhouse. I met him when I was working at Playmakers in Chapel Hill. That's how the theater connection mm -hmm. happened. Uh, when I took over the poorhouse in 2012, we started talking back and forth about ways we could utilize the space since it's such a gorgeous space and there weren't any shows really happening out there and it was so sparsely used. So we started collaborating and throwing some ideas around and we're like, we can put out some really great music in a really cool place. We've tweaked it a little bit over the last couple of years. Obviously the big change is the date because it was so miserably hot last year. We uh, decided to make it more enjoyable for all, for everyone that's in attendance. But other than that is, you know, we had known each other and we've got this great resources and tons of great bands that would love to play that space. So we just tried to make it available for the public. And so the event always benefits a charity or not a charity, but some sort of organization, correct? Yeah. This year, our benefactor is Girls Rock NC. Um, so they do, if you're not familiar, they provide lessons and work with a lot of young girls and people in marginalized communities to help build self-esteem through music, which mm -hmm. it's, it's a fantastic program. We've done many shows with them over at the Poor House um, a couple times a year over the last few years. And 20% of our net proceeds, so from tickets and concession sales, will be going to support their mission. Awesome. And if you want to hear more about Girls Rock NC, we will be having Mary Alta, who is one of the coordinators from Girls Rock, in the studio later today. So be sure to stick around for that. So what are some of the other organizations that this event has supported in the past? 
Well, it's actually the first year that we've had a charity partner. Okay. Well, we had in the, the oh, dump we had, tank last year. Oh, that's right. We had the Interfaith yeah. Food Shuttle. That's Interfaith right. Interfaith Food that. Shuttle. We raised um, some money from. There wasn't a direct correlation from ticket sales, but we were raising money at the event itself for the Interfaith Food Shuttle, and that went great. We had a dunk tank out there, and <laughs> we got Marianne Baldwin in there, and Grayson Curran, and all sorts of people that people felt the need to dunk into a, a bucket of water. But yeah, this year we're super excited to partner up with Girls Rock and we think it's a it's a beautiful partnership and it makes perfect sense. And so how did that partnership come about? Like how did it go from just being a festival celebrating music and food and things like that in the Triangle area to being like having this part of giving back to our community? Yeah, I mean, giving back to our community is a big part of what we do at the Poor House. We do benefit shows all the time. We're always raising money for different causes and different organizations. And at the end of the day, Groove in the Garden is, in our minds, one of the biggest celebrations of North Carolina music and art and creativity, really. And the building blocks of all for all these things to happen starts in places like Girls Rock. So we wanted to bring it back and kind of recycle things from the ground up and get people involved earlier, be more confident earlier in their ability to be creative. Yeah. And so obviously people all the time, you know, have really awesome ideas like you guys did but it's a matter of putting them into practice. So what was the process like once you guys kind of had this abstract idea of wanting to do something with the space that you had and all the culture that we have in our community? What did you do to go from there? So it really started with reaching out to bands that we loved, that we wanted. The first year we had the Love, Love Language, Language headlined uh, mm-hmm. in Bombadil, who's coming back for the second time this year. Um, so we reached out to all these bands that we knew would sound great in the Rose Garden, be accessible to an all-ages crowd and really just took it from there and it kind of unraveled organically and the more people heard about it the more people wanted to be involved Uh, we started bringing in really cool vendors and really cool partners and it's just something that's kind of blossomed and really has become a reflection of what's going on musically around here and you said that you wanted this to be really a celebration of raleigh in the community are these all local acts yeah, all the bands on Groove in the Garden are from North Carolina. We we have a little bit more broad definition of local. We always call North Carolina local. So we've got bands from Wilmington, from Asheville, from Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and kind of all over the state and in between. And so when you guys like have these people come on, are they you know usually receptive to the idea, especially like in the beginning because it's a fairly new festival. You know, like not a lot of people that are from outside the Triangle area might not have heard of it and things like that. So what was the response like when reaching out to different vendors and artists and things like that? Um, It was great because a a lot of the people that are the vendors and are the bands are people that have already been developing at the poorhouse artistically. So a lot of the bands like American Aquarium, who's headlining this year, for example, started out playing eight or nine, ten years ago at the Mm poorhouse to four or five people, and they were god-awful. (laughs) <laughs> um, they've gone through many lineup changes and they've gotten better and better. And now they're one of the best bands in the country right now. And they're touring the world and playing to thousands of people everywhere they go. They've got, they've actually got a brand new lineup and Groove in the Garden is going to be the, the first local debut of the new lineup. I've been hearing it's more rock and roll than ever. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I might just add the amphitheater space has been there since the 1930s. It was originally a WPA project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people have just like kind of hung out there because, you know, it's so close to state's campus, it's tucked away in a neighborhood, people come visit the Rose Garden and they say like all the time, like, why don't you guys do more stuff here? And of course we want to, and it's just about building partnerships with folks who have kind of like a similar vision for how to program that space. I mean, I think because Raleigh Little Theater is a community theater with local talent on stage, it makes sense that in the amphitheater space, we're pro- you know we're working with folks to program local music. So um, we've had the Connells out there a few times recently. We've been part of live and local events. We've done like bluegrass day parties and stuff like that. And I think it just makes sense. We've been trying to kind of develop a vision for our amphitheater that is complementary of like what happens at like Red Hat, for example, which I think is like. The venue that Aria yeah. Speedwagon, you know, and like national festival, you know, like n- festivals that have like a national, you know, scope like Hopscotch and IBMA and stuff like that. But like our focus is local. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, when we've I think I think a lot of artists have gotten excited about playing that space because they've said, um, man, I've always wanted to play a show there and nobody's ever asked. And like, why don't you do more things here? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so what has response been from people in the community? People love it. You know, it's one of the, one of the most highly anticipated events that we put on at the poorhouse. Uh, I can't speak for Raleigh Little Theater since <laughs> they do so much over there as well. Um, but yeah, people love it. They look forward to it year round. 
Um, people throughout the year are constantly trying to get bans on it and suggesting who we should put on there, who we shouldn't. Um, but it's really become a treasure of the community, and it's moving forward in the hands of the community. It's not just Charles and I sitting back saying, yeah. it's going to be these bands and no one else. you got to go do this and that before you can play it. We're really gauging the response of what people want, and we feel like this lineup is the best we've done in the last three years. It's super reflective of the styles of music uh, that are prevalent in North Carolina, and at the end of the day, it's just all music that's accessible by all, an all-ages crowd in a beautiful space and with a bunch of local friends. What what can go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and so what, some, what are some of the things that you guys have changed or learned from uh, from doing the first Groove in the Garden and getting started with that to now? Starting earlier is better. <laughs> and uh, this year we definitely started way earlier, which allowed us to really mold the lineup how the community was wanting it. Um, obviously, we changed the time of year because we learned in the past nobody likes to hang out at a festival in 100-degree heat. Um, uh, last year, we added a second stage in the Rose Garden where we have bands playing shorter sets so when the main stage ends, they're all playing 40 minutes each. So 1 to 140, 2 to 240. And then after that, we'll have a band play a short set in the garden, 20 minutes, 25 minutes down there. So there's never really a stop in music. Um, yeah, some of it's not probably not as exciting. But, um, like, for example, we realize that people don't drink. People don't seem to want, like, soft drinks. So, you know, it's just not like a Coke and Sprite drinking crowd. So we got Larry's Beans. We're like, people like cold brew coffee, though. So we're adding that. So that's fun. But I think also another um, smart thing was um, adding the kids zone last year because we noticed that a lot of families come out to this because there's not a ton of events like music oriented that are, I mean, that's a great thing about Girls Rock is that, you know, it's a very like family focused organization yeah. um, from my understanding. But like, I think like if you look at a lot of music festivals, they're like primarily, you know, I mean, especially something like Hopscotch, it starts late and it goes late and that's mm -hmm. not super family friendly, but there's a lot of people who live in the triangle who are like a few years out of college, they've got kids and they, they still love music and they want to see it. So like we've added a kid zone. Um, I think that's been a really popular um, project And this year. There's a partner for the kid zone, right? Yeah. This year uh, there's a couple folks locally that are in the process of starting a, their own daycare downtown in Raleigh. And um, this is going to be the first event that they're putting on. It's called little by little. So they're going to be programming the space. They've got DIY instrument building and interactive so, art wow. projects and, Hula hoops and all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a big communal art project. We got a big photo booth area where you can dress up and take pictures, and there's just all sorts of fun stuff going yeah. on. It's just a day to be silly and laugh and have fun with fun with friends. I kind of want to hang out in the kids yeah. area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we still we could still use some volunteers too. By the way, Ooh. yeah, I think we're good in the kids area, but we've got we definitely have we definitely have need for volunteers if folks are interested in helping out. So what is the best way for people that are interested in volunteering? Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? Since it is it is on Saturday, so it's yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I will do the dreaded thing and oh, say, no. email me. Oh, no. yes. My contact information <laughs> is all over the Poorhouse website. If you want to volunteer, just check out the website. You'll find me very very easily. And the website is? Thepoorhousemusichall.com. And that's also where you can purchase tickets for Groove in the Garden. Awesome. And so to go back to what you guys were discussing, kind of the you know, disparaging um, space between, you know, people that, you know, may have just graduated from school or like not necessarily, quote unquote, too old to enjoy music, which that isn't a real thing in my opinion. But like people I, that are, I agree, people that are still, you know, young, just starting families, but mm -hmm. maybe not um, have access to late night festivals and things like that because they've got to go to work. They've got to go to school. Right. They need to watch their kids. Have you found that that is the main age group that is attending the festival or is it no. just all over the place? Yeah, it's a really wide, we, we see yeah. families with young kids. We see folks in their sixties and seventies. We <laughs> see people in their thirties and forties. We see college kids. It's really a, a wide variety. It's essentially like at the poor house, we do so many different styles of music and they all pull from different crowds. Mm -hmm. We've got college kids, we've got folks in their sixties and everything in between. Um, so it's kind of a, a beautiful thing seeing all these different crowds that we see throughout the year in separate little pods yeah. all come together and enjoy the same music together. Yeah. And I think part of that's a function of too, just like the diversity of music styles that are on 
you know, that are on display. So that's a cool thing. I mean, part of it, though, is also just a function of the fact that we're located in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So we're not like going to be running a show until midnight. So, I mean, the whole thing is the first band is at one. Um, and then, you know, we're done by 9 p.m. I mean, Air American Aquarium is on at 8. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can also go, like, if you're so inclined to an after party at the poorhouse. Um, mm-hmm. It's better if I pitch Adam's yeah, stuff. Yeah, the legendary does, producers but... <laughs> are playing. And uh, the fabulous knobs Ooh. who were on Groove in the Garden last year are opening for them. So. Nice. And to power pop. Another thing about the location is that it's literally in walking distance of campus. Like, oh, yeah. people park down there. All, like, honestly, I've parked down there because <laughs> I'm trying to save on parking. Campus parking is expensive. Yeah, so. yeah but it's yeah. amazing how many people don't really know about that space. And it's so <laughs> yeah. right in the middle yep. of everything. If you've been near NC State and if you've been to Cameron Village, you've literally been walking around it. Mm-hmm. The entire time, and yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've people... never been to the Rose Garden. <gasps> exactly, yeah, I, I mean, we see people all the time that say the myth. same thing. I've lived in Raleigh for 35 years, and I did not know this was here. I thought it was yeah. a myth. That's <laughs> MythBuster. The Rose That's Garden great. is 100% real. So, why do you think it is that people aren't coming out to the Rose Garden, you know, and visiting since it is such a great community space and it's so close, right. both to people that. Um, are either attending NC State or are around yeah. campus or people that are living, you know, just in the neighborhood or towards Cameron Village. Like, well, you, think- look, you can never do enough to get to know folks. And I mean, the thing about this area, right, like Raleigh has doubled in size every 20 years for the last hundred years. So there's always new people around here. So I think I actually would dispute, I think if, if somebody's lived here for 35 years, they probably have been to the Rose Garden. <laughs> I've heard it before. But <laughs> I want to meet that person. I've heard them I have say some it about questions the poor house too. Okay. But you know, basically at Raleigh Little Theater, we're, I mean, this isn't the only thing, but I mean, we have a free movie series in the summer mm-hmm. and we drew like about a thousand people a movie out there uh this summer so that was great and um you know we're doing more events like this just because um oh like for example this past weekend we had free yoga in the rose garden with evolved movement we had a free uh zumba class i did zumba in the amphitheater (laughs) it was amazing uh, I was, I, I was the only one of my, my gender out there, but that was okay. Uh, it was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I mean, so basically, you know, the thing is like, you know, the, the, like all arts organizations and all venues, I think have to always be as outward facing as they can be in like trying to do new kinds of programs to meet new kinds of folks because the area is constantly growing and what people want changes over time. You know, like they used to do different programs out there that probably wouldn't be of interest to who lives here now. But, you know, we just have to always grow and evolve. Moral of the story, if you don't go to Groove in the Garden, you should definitely check out the Poor House and uh, the Rose Garden anyways, because they are some staples of our little Raleigh community. (laughs) But we're going to take a quick break to listen to some music from the people that you can hear at Groove in the Garden this year. You're listening to 88.1 WKNC. 88.1 88.1 WKNC. That song you just heard was called Hometown Hero by Darkwater Rising. Before that, you heard I Don't Like You or Your Band by Kate Rudy, who is actually here with us via the telephone, along <laughs> with Mary Alta, who is from Girls Rock NC. Hey, guys. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having us. No problem. And so would you guys mind telling me a little bit about yourselves and how you guys fit into Groove in the Garden? Uh, my name is Mary Alta. I'm one of the co-executive directors of Girls Rock North Carolina, which is based in Durham. Um, and we're a nonprofit that seeks to empower girls, women, and trans folks through creative expression to be more socially engaged and more confident. And we do that through music. Yeah. And I actually volunteered at Girls Rock this summer and it was really awesome. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so how about you, Kate? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm from Raleigh and I'm just... A musician. I volunteered at Girls Rock last year and I played this year at one of their camps. But yeah, I just put out an album. Awesome. And so you're going to be playing at Groove in the Garden, correct? Yes. Awesome. And so, Mary Alta, would you mind telling us a little bit more about how Girls Rock is going to be benefiting from Groove in the Garden and how you guys came to came to be a part of this? Yeah, totally. So uh, this summer we had a, one of our camper showcases at the Poor House for the mm-hmm. first time, maybe first time in a long time. Yeah, it's been a, been a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Adam reached out to us with this awesome event, um, and we of course said yes because we're a nonprofit, so we're always in need of funds to keep our youth programs running um, throughout the year. So um, 
The money that will come to us from Groove in the Garden we'll be using to fund our after-school program, um, which we run in the fall and spring in Durham. Um, we're actually starting in a couple weeks at Central Park School in Durham. Um, and for our summer camps also, which is our largest program, um, where kids come in on the first day, they get placed in a band, and by the end of the week, they've written original music with their band, um, learned a lot about collaboration <laughs> and uh, working together, and also attended a bunch of workshops on social justice and art. Um, so it's a really great, great time, and we want as many young people to be able to experience it as possible. Yeah, I can't, honestly, I can't say enough good things about Girls Rock, but Kate, how did you get involved with Groove in the Garden? I guess I've been in Raleigh for about a year now. I moved from Boone. I went to school in Boone and started playing music and moved back and slowly have been integrated more into the Raleigh music scene and just gotten to know everybody. And yeah. Awesome. And so would you mind telling us, Marialta, a little bit about the history of Girls Rock? Because I know that most of the campers learned that it's based on like the Riot Girl movement. And so like, how does it play on that? And then too, especially in North Carolina, in the wake of HB2 and other, you know, oppressive legislation such as that, what kind of role does Girls Rock play in our community? Totally. So uh, Girls Rock North Carolina is one of more than like 160 girls rock camps all over the world now. Um, and we're the fourth oldest one. So we we began in 2004. Um, local folks uh, who are now like camper parents uh, started the organization um, in 2004. And um, as a like part of um, the Riot Girl movement, which for folks who don't know was um, in the 90s and early 2000s, um, was this DIY music movement that was really tied to feminism and punk um, and pretty much just uh, centering women and femme people and queer people in all those spaces, which is a really, really big thing um, at the time and still is because it's not necessarily radically changed in the music scene since then. But now we're definitely more of, our focus is more on different intersections of oppression that people face, not just girls, but like people who are oppressed under racism and sexism and transphobia and all of these different things that are especially so prominent in 2017 and because of HB2 and all the things locally and also nationally and internationally. We're we're really invested in making young people aware that their voices are powerful and that wielding them is pretty much the only chance any of us uh, has. So that's a big part of what we're still doing. And it, it feels really urgent and important now, um, I think just in a different way than it did when it began 14 years ago. Definitely. In, in the past 14 years, you said you have like over 100 chapters worldwide of Girls Rock. What's the network like between Girls Rock camps? Do you communicate a lot? Yeah, so um, each one is actually completely individually run. Um, there's no requirement from any of us to like, we're not a franchise. <laughs> um, we each get to respond to the unique needs of our own places and communities. Um, but there is something called the Girls Rock Camp Alliance. And so every year, uh, leaders from all different Girls Rock camps all over the world come to a spot just outside of Philly. And we all go to workshops together and talk to each other and strategize. It's really, really an amazing thing. We're all resources for each other, but we all get to decide what the unique needs of our communities are. And so what? how did you get involved in Girls Rock? Like what's, what's your Girls Rock story? So my Girls Rock story is when I was still in college at UNC Chapel Hill, I didn't really know what I wanted, what I wanted to do. I knew I liked writing, but I was extraordinarily shy and had never experienced performing in any way. But um, I came to it from a like loose feminism perspective mm -hmm. I, I'd heard about the organization and seen a documentary about it and thought like wow that's so awesome and I could never do that <laughs> um, and then a housemate of mine told me to do it and I showed up one day and they put me in a room full of uh, 14 and 15 year old young girls and um, queer youth and none of them had anything in common and by the end of the week they had taught me so much about music. They had taught each other so much about um, about expression, and they had written 
incredible songs and played them mm-hmm. at King's. Um, and I just remember standing backstage and thinking like, wow, I never want to stop this feeling. Um, and so I didn't, I just stuck around. <laughs> and so Kate, what is similarly, what's your story um, getting into music? Because I know you had said before that you kind of started in high school, but then you eventually dropped school to do it like as a, like almost full-time kind of thing. Yeah. I, uh, well, I dropped, uh, yeah, I dropped out of college to do it. And mm-hmm. it seemed like, uh, that was really a powerful decision um, for me just because it felt like, you know, going to, doing something that wasn't expected of me necessarily. And deci- when I decided that, like, I knew what I wanted to do, there was I felt like there was, like, no point in not doing it for another minute longer. And I'm really, I'm grateful that I had the resources to do it and come back to Raleigh and, you know, actually, and start doing it full time. Um, like I work in a restaurant still, and I really love that. But just listening to Mary talk about girls rock, it's, I, just, I, I mean, I think about it. It makes it makes you just feel like like it's a really important time to be just doing and like what you need to be doing and like finding your voice like that. So that's why I think yeah, the work that girls rock does is super super important. Definitely. Yeah. And so with you, once you made that decision, you know that this is what you wanted to do, what you wanted to pursue you know, head on, what was the process like in terms of, you know, the songwriting process, getting yourself out there, like, you know, um, starting to do shows locally and things like that? What was that like? Um, It was a lot of emailing. And um, (laughs) it's funny, I I had a lot of the songs already. And, you know, there's things I, you know, that's my, that's my form of expression. So I had those and I was ready with those to like record an album and most of the playing out gigs started just like a lot of emailing and a lot of uh, vi- like spe- uh, vying for myself and a lot of speaking for myself and a lot of learning really quickly how to interact with just a bunch of like mostly grown people. And not that I wasn't grown, but I think I was 20 <laughs> at the time of the dropout, but um, still, I was still pretty young and really quickly learning how to carry myself Definitely. in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it just kind of all felt, it fell together mostly, but I'm still learning how to do that <laughs> and keep everything together. And so not to, not to flip it up, but Mary Alta, yep. back to Girls Rock. Yes. So right now, what is, like, what are some of the goals that Girls Rock's working on now? I mean, because obviously, considering you guys are a nonprofit, it's obviously hard to get funding and then to adapting to, you know, the changing like political climate and social climate around us like how how does that work from a behind the scenes kind of perspective yeah totally um i think a lot of it uh fortunately and unfortunately has to do with resources for us um in terms of like how we can grow and reach more young people um which is why this event is so great um because being able to have staff to run programs to serve more than 400 youth a year is really really important Um, we rely so heavily on volunteers, um, and volunteer work. And you're a great example of one of our Mm -hmm. volunteers, uh, who do this work because they love it, but we definitely want to be able to, um, continue to grow in healthy ways. We, uh, are beginning to try to look toward programs that we'll be doing this year in high schools, um, and, uh, serving more and more youth. Um, at under-resourced schools in Durham, um, really focusing on being able to keep our programs available for as many young people who can't pay for the programs um, as we possibly can. I think that's a big goal um, of Girls Rocks right now. We want to be able to have a year-round presence um, in the community. So another thing that we're looking toward is having our own space. Currently, we have an office that we can't actually hold band practices in or um, do many workshops in. And we'd really love to have our own space where year round um, young people can come by and have a drop in program and really sustain that community year round for both for both our youth and our adult volunteers who find the community so important. Yeah. And so what's the best way for people want to volunteer get involved in some way what's the best way for them to reach out to you guys totally um so you can email us at volunteer at girlsrocknc.org um you can fill out 
a form on our website, girlsrocknc.org. Yeah, those are the ways. Talk to me. I'm the volunteer coordinator. <laughs> I will plug you in. And so are your volunteers all women and gender nonconforming people, or do you guys take anyone? All of our volunteers who directly interact with campers are women, gender nonconforming people, and trans folks. But we also have indirect roles that really help us out, like gear fixing or food coordination, all kinds of things that we need done behind the scenes to make our after school and our summer camps happen. So there are always things to do year round. There's never there's never an off season for Girls Rock. Yeah. And so this has always been a question I think that a lot of people have asked when they you know, read about Girls Rock NC specifically. Why do you guys choose to only have women trans and gender nonconforming people directly work with the kids? Totally. So I think a thing that I hear a lot when tabling at shows or events and folks come up to the table and they say, like, where's boys rock? Um, (laughs) The answer I often give is like the whole world is boys rock. Um, You you have so much access. Um, If you're a man, particularly like white men in the music industry, there is so much access. There's infrastructure for you to make it. And there really there isn't that there is not an expectation that women and gender nonconforming people are going to have all the resources, the encouragement, the networking um, in music to have safer spaces for them to express themselves with such a history of sexism in music and generally in the world. Um, So I think one of the reasons that we keep Girls Rock, a women and gender nonconforming-led space, is to give like a brief moment for our campers and our young people, the experience of what it's like to operate in a space that wholly encourages them and completely like removes gender from the equation for them for like a week. And Kate, can you speak to um, what Marialta has been describing kind of in terms of being a female person in the music industry? What has your experience been like in that regard? Well, I definitely think most music scenes in like a lot of communities are dominated by men, and I've always no exception to that, which is why it's, I think it's really cool that they're involving girls rock and a lot of female fronted bands and groove in the garden. But um, just kind of my experience, like as a woman in the music scene, mm-hmm. as far as that goes, I'm, it's been. I think, I mean, it's had its its struggles and everything and part of that is being a solo musician also in the in the scene and having to navigate everything mostly by myself and um dealing with like promoters and venue owners um in like a professional manner i've had a and it's 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 something to note that like i've had um a my quasi manager like this guy colin demand he's great i'm helping me for a little bit but you know, it's just, it's a weight off to let him take care of some of that stuff. And like, and I know it just, it shouldn't be that way. And like, I, it's just, it's so, it's somewhat easier. It removes a step out of the process of feeling really stressed out to have to send a booking email to someone or make sure everything sounds perfect. And I think that's something that women in the industry have to just pay really close attention to like what you're, yeah, you want to carry yourself really well. And it's, there's a lot of pressure to do that. Yeah. And so with, like which genre do you identify your music to? And then within that, like have you found within those genres that there are a lot of spaces for women or for um, people of marginalized communities or not so much? Yeah. Well, I'm, I would say my music is sort of in a folk category Mm -hmm. and I would say, I mean, I would say it's mostly male, like cis male dominated and also like maybe by like a, a, a straight community. Um, I do, I feel like there is space, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Could you repeat the question? Yeah, no, so um, within the genre that you operate within, like, are there spaces, I guess, for um, women and other marginalized communities? So, I yeah. guess, like, in terms of, I, just like a general idea of, like, oh, like, you're not going to be able to do this because you're blank identity within this genre oh, because I, it's not common. <clears throat> I think I think there is space because um, I think folk music is primarily storytelling, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I mean. It, it's yeah, it's all storytelling. I think everyone listens to stories from any sort of background or experience. Um, so I do think there is space. I don't think it's 
as common to find marginalized groups participating in folk music or like bluegrass or country. It's, you know, it definitely is dominated by a certain demographic, but I, I see it. Like I see like Kaya Cater and Rhiannon Giddens and they do such a beautiful job with folk music. And I, yeah, I do think there is space. I think it needs to be showcased more. Yeah. And so for you, this, this question, I guess is for Kay and Mary Alta. What would you guys like to see in terms of changes in the music community and the groups that you guys are around? What kind of changes would you guys like to see? Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of changes, but also I think it's really exciting in the triangle to slowly see it happening. And I'd love to see the things that I've noticed recently just continue. It seems like over the last couple of years, there are so many amazing women fronted and organized bands and so many like queer femme bands, so many people, so many people of color making really exciting music that is getting showcased and deserves to be showcased more and more and deserves also not just being showcased, but uh, having people pay for their shows and um, pay to get their music. Um, and I think that's super exciting. Uh, Manifest Music Festival just happened in Chapel Hill yeah. this past we had it weekend. Last week. Yeah, totally. Um, here. And if you guys missed that, by the way, you guys can catch any of our past episodes, including the one talking about Manifest on WKNC SoundCloud, which is pretty awesome. But continue, Mary. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think... I think things that I would love to see are more encouragement from bookers, from venue owners, um, from folks who have the power to showcase different people, like making those choices and making sure that artists who are making such awesome work and who they might not know about still get shows and still get booked and um, for bookers to really look outside of their own music lens and understand that the community is like hungry for for this and I can speak for myself. I'm always, always hungrier and hungrier for <laughs> um, more amazing music by women, by trans people, by women of color, especially um, in the local music scene. And it's not it's not that there's not an audience. It's that there are so many barriers to entry. Definitely. How about you, Kate? I would I definitely echo every single one of Mary's thoughts and when you know, I would I would try to encourage bookers and bands trying to find other other groups to like fit their bill to include people of, you know, a marginalized group. Um, and also make it just like take, take some pressure off of like getting there. And so reaching out and not, and respond and responding well and making it not difficult. I've feel like I've dealt with like, just as like a single like entity, like my, you know, just me, I feel like I've had to deal with a lot of, I don't know, just, but yeah, barriers and trying and like kind of run into just difficult situations, like an awkward encounters with bookers and things like that. I think it's making it easier and making it more welcoming and um, would be would be really nice to see. Awesome. Threatening kind of scene. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. And we're going to take a really quick break for some music. But when we come back, we're going to have Mark from Ghost Fun. He will be on after this quick music break. Uh, this next song we're going to listen to is from the lovely Kate Rudy, and it's called I Don't Think You're an Angel Anymore. You're listening to 88.1 WKNC. WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. My name is Fion, and I'm here with the Oak City Move. We've been talking to a few people about an event that's coming up this Saturday, Groove in the Garden. Adam, would you like to speak to us about what Groove in the Garden is? Yeah, Groove in the Garden is uh, an annual music festival that happens at Raleigh Little Theater's Outdoor Amphitheater in Rose Garden. Uh, we've got music that starts at 1 p.m. and goes all the way to 9 uh, with bands like American Aquarium, Two Bob Crew, Bombadil, Lonnie Walker, Rebecca Todd, and many, many more. Kate Rudy, who was just on the phone, and uh, Mark who we're, from Ghost Bond, who we're going to talk to here shortly. Um, but yeah, it's a great celebration of North Carolina music and North Carolina art, and it's set in one of the most beautiful spaces available in the state of North Carolina. And, and yeah, it's just a great celebration of North Carolina music. We're very excited to be working with Groove in the Garden. Um, I had a ton of fun the last couple of years. And we've got Mark Cusio on the phone from Ghost Bond. He'll be playing. What time are you playing this Saturday, Mark? 
Hey, everyone. Uh, yeah, we're playing at one um, on the main Rose Garden stage. Yeah, so Ghost Bond is going to be kicking off Groove in the Garden at one on the garden stage. And Adam, so tell us about curating this event, like bringing on Ghost Bond. Like, who are you bringing on and like why? Yeah, so all the bands that are playing on the festival have all performed at the Poor House in one form or another. Um, these are all bands that we personally love, and they're also bands that the community has told us they want to see more of. Uh, Ghost Blonde's a perfect example of them. They've played with us, you know, half a dozen to ten times over the last few years. Every time they play, they get better and better. Their show gets better. Their music gets tighter. The chemistry between the band members is more infectious. Uh, and that can be said for all these bands all the way up to American Aquarium, who started playing with us a decade ago and is now touring the world, playing to 2,000 people everywhere they go. So it's really focusing on music we love that's North Carolina-based that is accessible to a wide variety of people. So what's new with you, Mark? What's Ghost Blonde yeah. been up to? It's been an exciting year. We've been um, trying to get some momentum going. We just wrapped up a record that we're looking to release next year. So um, coming in January, we're going to be back full force. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. We've definitely been trying to play a bunch of shows. It's been a little more staggered than we would have liked. We always like coming to you know KNC and NC State and Poor House and, and raging and having super party fun vibes. But uh, yeah, we've just been kind of practicing a bit and getting tighter and just kind of ready to you know do some new sounds and meet new people and bring the, uh, the vibes along. And Adam, I know you got to get out of here soon, so I've just got one more question for Actually, you. Yeah. Oh no, everything's all good. So a little oh. back, if I, if I can explain uh, for the background people who weren't uh, listening to you and I talking, I'm at work right now. Don't out yourself. Don't out yourself, Mark. It's cool. It's cool. No one, no one's listening. Um, and the boss man just left, so I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm in a, what if he's yeah, in the car roll. listening to 881 right now? Then I hope he understands. And uh, Doug, this is a very important client. I'm working on a deal right here. <laughs> so, all good. Um, and Adam, also, we're both on time. We're just Adam's got to get out of here too. What are you doing tonight, Adam? Working on fixing our ice maker that broke at the poorhouse. <laughs> That's pretty tragic. Ice, ice is very important. Um, so I'll ask you one more question. Um, what do you think is important about having events like Groove in the Garden here in Raleigh? And what are you most excited for this weekend? Um, well, I think it's super important because, you know, we, we put these bands on. We put them in different rooms at, like, the Poor House, Kings, Lincoln Theater, Slims. These bands are playing all the time around town. Um, I think it's really important to, every once in a while, step back and appreciate everything in a larger context. And that's really what Groove in the Garden is. It's our ability to step back and be like, oh, my God, the amount of talent that exists around this area is staggering i used to book bands in chicago and san diego and the amount of local talent in those areas in my opinion just does not compare it's night and day here for the amount of people there are in the state of north carolina compared to these other places the talent pool is insane we are so blessed with so much great music around here and it's events like groove in the garden several others that happen around the state and the area um that really focus on putting that at the forefront um you know at night, like at the poorhouse, the reality is we have to sell drinks to stay open. If we only sold tickets, there wouldn't be music venues. Um, so this is our chance to really focus on the music and let the music do the speaking rather than us programming a night. Like Kate Rudy had uh, mentioned earlier, it's hard as a solo artist to get booked at a rock club on a Friday night as a headliner because at the end of the day, you're selling drinks. That's not important in a, in a setting like Groove in the Garden. Music is number one, and everything else takes a back seat. Well, we're really excited to see this event on Saturday, and thank you so much for coming in, Adam. Thank you so much. And Mark, similar question for you. Um, what's your experience been like in the Raleigh local music scene, kind of, and um, what are you most excited for? I'm just most excited to experience all of Groove in the Garden this year. Um, Adam is way better spoken than I am, but uh, kind of like echoing his sentiment. It just seems like um, 
men, women, whatever gender you identify as, everyone is in a band, but everyone is also in a good band, which is really, really exciting to be around here. It's just kind of really inspiring to um, go out with um, my band members because Billy, Chris, and Ryan, they always seem to know who's starting what band or what show and just go watch like our peers perform and kind of get inspired and kind of like look at the way somebody's playing their instrument or the way someone's singing and say, oh my God, I want to go home and try to do that and uh, we did a lot of that on our record we just finished kind of trying out new sounds that were inspired I won't say inspired not like stealing from our peers <laughs> and we're just we're just super fortunate to have a lot of cool people actively doing things um, and whether that's performing or whether that's creating spaces where people can perform or um, regardless of music just culture in general around here just kind of rules and it's yeah it's an exciting time so talk to me more about where Ghost Blonde is at now, because you just put out that new record. And as I said before, I mean, y'all have been around Raleigh for several years now. How do you feel like you've grown and changed in those few years? Yeah, so we haven't put it out yet. We just finished recording it, and it's been, um, it's been a long time coming. We're kind of sitting on it now, making the, the next moves. Um, and, I mean... I feel like I can't speak as much to how Raleigh has changed because I'm kind of oh, young myself. I was talking um, specifically about Ghost Blonde. Oh, Ghost Blonde, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we kind of started um, as like a house show band, really, just kind of partying late nights and not really focusing on musicianship and just meeting people and sharing camaraderie with just love of music. And as the years have kind of go on, we've kind of uh, taken it more seriously and started to kind of develop a sound and kind of not really care about the whole BS rock star persona. Like, we don't really want to have, like, an image or want to be seen as in type A, type B kind of band. We just want to, you know, play music and kind of include everyone in the fun. Um, that's kind of why, like, our recordings are super meticulous and sound very layered, but our live shows are just the four of us going kind of wild on stage and dancing with people who are going crazier than we are in the front row. So it's just kind of fun, and we're just kind of looking to ideally bring what you know we love about the Triangle and kind of tour more and share that with the rest of people across the country. And um, earlier we were talking to Kate Rudy about what it's like to work and be a musician at the same time. And as you said, you're at work right now. Sorry to mm. out you again. What's your experience with organizing things like tours and balancing being in a band while also having another job? It's hard. You have to like really go for it. Um, and it's, it's been crazy because when we first started, um, I was kind of doing lots of jobs in the service industry. So my hours were all over the place. And um, the other dudes in the band work, you know, full-time jobs with regimented schedules. And um, now it's just kind of hard when you really have to kind of go all or nothing for it, um, where you kind of have to be continuously touring and kind of doing it and kind of, you know, take that risk. I think um, Katie Yerke is like kind of, you know, one of our best friends, she's in Naked Naps, is a really good example of that where um, her band and our band started at the same time and she has just been on the grind, touring nonstop, and there is a lot of sacrifice and risk involved in that and you kind of just have to go for it. But I think with so many DIY spaces popping up and then um, just kind of people who are genuinely excited to go to shows and build relationships, it's coming a lot easier to where you don't necessarily have to be a huge sensation. Word of mouth really travels and then you go to, you know, different house venues and you make friends and talk to other bands and it just kind of spreads organically that way. Great. Well, we'll let you get back to cutting deals, Mark. Thank you so much for taking time yeah. out to talk to yeah, us. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, yeah, really excited for Groove in the Garden. It's going to be a really great time for everyone. And yeah, I hope to see everyone there. For sure. And do you have anything else that you would like listeners to know about you or Ghost Blonde or Groove in the Garden? Last uh, words? There, there's so much, but my bandmates are texting me right now, and I know... If I say a last word, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'll never hear the end of it. So you should um, say all. You should just read these texts to us. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's dangerous. Just kidding. I don't think they're um, like that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Shout out to, Garden. Shout out to to Billy and the boys. 
Miss Billy and the Boys. That's, Billy that's, and the Boys, that's the new band album. name. That's the next album title. <laughs> yeah, side project. Yeah. Um, we're excited. We're excited to see you on Saturday. So thank you, Mark. Ditto. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. That was Mark Cusio from Ghost Blonde, and he'll be playing at 1 o'clock, kicking off Groove in the Garden this Saturday. And um, we're going to continue on with our Groove in the Garden talk because we've got uh, from Raleigh Little Theater, which is, you you also own the Rose Garden, that kind of thing. Y'all op- operate as one, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So talk to us about what you love about this space and um, working with it. Yeah, well, it's a really interesting campus. It was, um, it, it did. A f- it, there was a few things that happened there before it became Raleigh Little Theater. For one, it was actually the second site of the state fair before the fair moved to where it is now. It was during World War One. Uh, it was like a a train. It was like a a camp for like training. Like they had like tanks running running up and down those like hills and stuff. And we've actually got we've found a lot of photos of kind of what that used to be. But then it was this land that kind of nobody wanted. And during the WPA, some folks realized, um, hey, you know, it's the depression and there's not a lot of kind of entertainment for families. So why don't we start a theater? And they took this land that nobody wanted and they got some federal money and. Uh, you know, really did kind of a cool thing by building uh, the theater that's there, uh, Raleigh Little Theater, kind of what we, you know, the the inside part. And they said, why don't we, well, you know, we're going to develop this whole, you know, plot of land. Why don't, why don't we have an amphitheater for like outdoor entertainment? And then somebody said, well, why don't we like have some roses there too? And so they got a landscape architect and they did that. So I think it was kind of forward looking the idea of like creating a whole campus where people could have experiences you know, I think that's like a lot of things that we talk about now in urban planning is like, oh, you know, placemaking, like we need to have, you know, people, you know, want authentic, unique experiences. And, uh, and you know, this was, you know, folks thinking like that in the 1930s when Raleigh was a much smaller town. So the kind of fun about it is like, you know, as an organization that operates the facility that the the city owns, so Raleigh Little Theater is a nonprofit that that leases this space from the city of Raleigh. It's like, how do we, you know, do some stuff in that space that the community is going to be interested in? You know, that um, is going to try and, you know, really reach all ages and all demographics and you know everything, everybody who lives here. So, um, you know, it's really exciting. To us, like the idea of Groove in the Garden was the first kind of idea like this that had come up in the last few years, uh, you know, to say, let's really use the whole campus and like give people some experiences. So just excited that, you know, kind of each year gets a little bit bigger, a little better. And, you know, here we are in year three. Yeah. So outside of Groove in the Garden, what else can people look forward to happening at Raleigh Little Theater um, in the garden space? Like. How can we interact more with that space? Yeah. Well, um, you know, unfortunately it's like almost sweater weather. So, I mean, like this is like kind of like, I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a call to action, but I'm going to say it's like kind of like your last, you know, it's like one of the last chances until like it gets warm again to come outside and do some stuff. But, um, well, of course, like our, on our website, RaleighLittleTheater.org, like there's information about everything that's coming up and we do a ton of plays inside. And actually right now we're doing a play for family audiences at the North Carolina Museum of History. But the kind of brand um, under which we do a lot of that outdoor stuff is in the garden. So uh, Groove in the Garden is a thing. Movies in the Garden is a free outdoor movie series that happens in the summer. We've got Art in the Garden, which is like a, a, a visual arts festival that happens in May. Um, so, and, you know, we're looking to do more stuff like this, like a little bit earlier, I mentioned that we just did, uh, for art it up, which is like a day of like arts, cultural and recreation on Hillsborough street that the local business improvement district does. We did like a dance class with YMCA and we did like yoga with evolve movement. And, uh, and we're looking to do more stuff like that because I think we're a resource to the neighborhood and, you know, the area around NC state and Cameron village is getting, you know, more and more populated. And I think people want to like be able to walk to stuff. And like hang out and see their neighbors like one of my most favorite things and unfortunately these guys moved but um they, we used to have some neighbors who would bring their couch to everything in the amphitheater <laughs> it was awesome this guy andrew payne he used to have a show on knc i don't know if you guys know him um but uh yeah so andrew and some of his roommates would bring over their couch and they would set it up and it was like right we're in a neighborhood you know that's what's great about this like that's not going to happen in downtown raleigh and i don't know maybe somebody brings a uh 
a couch out to Shikori. I don't know. That might be like a Shikori thing. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, for the <laughs> most part, like there's not a lot of live music venues around here where people kind of treat it like their living room. But I really think that the campus of Raleigh Little Theater is like your living room. I mean, people come out all the time with their dogs. They come out with their kids. They come out with their picnics. They come out with their friends. And that's what's really great about it is this is kind of oasis in a city. And uh, how lucky are we to have that kind of green space? You know, like you don't, you know, many, many areas in the country, many parts of our region, like aren't, people aren't fortunate to have those kind of resources. So we feel really lucky to have that. And also just a lot of pressure to program more stuff. Um, but, you know, we also don't want to just do stuff for the sake of doing it. It's all our, our hope is to be really intentional with that programming and build good partnerships to do, you know, the right kind of stuff. So, yeah. But we definitely want people to come hang out with us more often. Like, come to all this. Like, anytime you see anything that says in the garden, that means you should pretty much be there. I mean, it's not a call to action, We'd but it means it might be there. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, is Raleigh Little Theater an organization that needs volunteers often? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are a community theater uh, founded in the 1930s. And, uh, and basically everybody you see on stage at Raleigh Little Theater is a volunteer. Everybody who has built the scenery and the costumes is a volunteer. Uh, all of the people running the show backstage, running the sound, the lights, the props, everything, the person tearing your ticket and whatnot. And, uh, and that by no means though means that it's not like really awesome theater. Like, you know, on campus here, y'all have a really, really great theater. Um, you know, university theater does amazing work with really talented students and Raleigh little theater is, you know, kind of a similar example of that for the community. So, uh, and we did win the Indies best of the triangle, the last, uh, live theater, the last two years. And Ooh. so, <laughs> yeah, we beat out all the professional theaters. So people obviously kind of like the shows. A lot of them sell out and, um, you know, uh, there's just amazing talent. Like you would, it always blows me away. Like people who, um, have, you know, day jobs where they're like teachers or they work in it or they, you know, do whatever. And then, you know, turns out they've got like the most amazing voice that you've ever heard. Well, you know, just like, you know, we just heard Mark, you know, who's an incredible performer, uh, with ghost blonde. He was just calling us from his desk, right? Like a lot of, <laughs> you know, and like Kate was talking about working at a restaurant and stuff like that. I mean, just, you know, just the amount of talent that people have. I think it's really important that we, uh, you know, have opportunities to kind of appreciate that. And what are some of your, tell me about some of your favorite memories working with Raleigh Little Theater, like maybe some of your favorite events that you've had there. Yeah, well, uh, Groove in the Garden is always the thing I really look forward to. Um, the first time we had the Connells out there was really a big deal for me because I like that was like a band that, uh, you know, just growing up in Raleigh that we always thought was super awesome. And then I got to like, actually like meet those guys and like help put on a show with them. So that was kind of cool. And I just, I love, I really enjoy seeing families come to the theater and I love, I, I mean, I love the adult, the plays we do for adult audiences, but I, I think there's probably something really, it, it, probably the coolest thing is seeing when families introduce their kids to theater for the first time, because those are just, I mean, those are like once in a lifetime memories. Like you only get to do, you know, you it's like you only get to do something for the first time once. So mm -hmm. the fact that like we're that for a lot of people in Raleigh. Um, because we do a lot of family programming like this play we're doing right now is called grace for presidents about this little girl who looks in a book of the presidents and she says, where she says, where are all the girls? Right. Great mm -hmm. question. So like she decides to run for president, um, in her third grade classroom and, and was, I'll just, just spoiler, she wins, but, um, <laughs> We had opening night on Friday at the North Carolina Museum of History and, and initially she's going to run unopposed and then this popular boy runs against her and, uh, but she wins. And like when they announced that the state of Wyoming casts its three electoral votes, because all the kids are like playing different states, so the oh. kid who's playing <laughs> Wyoming, uh, this kid named Sam uh, votes for her and like the auditorium erupted and it was the coolest thing. I mean, people were stoked and... Um, yeah, the, the stuff like that is the coolest thing. Yeah. And uh, back to the volunteer piece, if people wanted to get their kids involved or wanted to get involved themselves or wanted to help out, where would they go to do that? How could they contact you? Yeah, just RaleighLittleTheater.org or, or give us a ring, um, 919-821-4579. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, there's literally stuff going on all the time. Uh, the next session of youth classes, which are after school programs, starts uh, next week. And there's still some space in some of those. And we do summer camps. And then Grace for President runs for one more week at the Museum of History. But literally, I mean, there's something happening every single month. And we do classes for adults, too, because, right, like you shouldn't stop learning just because you're, you know, done with your your formal schooling. There's like lots of, you know, fun things for adults, too. So, yeah, so just, you know, obviously all the social stuff were there. And RaleighLittleTheater.org is a great place to check stuff out, too. Awesome. And um, final, do you, so is there anything else that you would want people to know about Raleigh Little Theater or about your space or about you? Yeah, um, no, I mean, nothing, you know. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I think the one thing that maybe I wanted to add just to what Adam said a little bit earlier is um, I, I think part of what's really cool about Groove in the Garden is, for one thing, it's 12 local bands. And granted, we talked about how local includes Asheville and Wilmington, but, you know, North Carolina bands. And you get to see all those acts in a really cool park and it's a really affordable ticket price and you could bring your kid or your dog or both. And like, that's just like a really unique thing. And I hope people just understand how unique that is. Plus it's going to be like 78 and partly sunny. So this is like going to be like one of the few nice weekends, like before, you know, we like plummet into winter. So, um, I'm pretty excited about it really appreciate what KNC is doing to help make this event happen as well as all of our other sponsors. And so, um, thanks for having us on y'all. I think it's going to be a really fun day. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in y'all have a great rest of your night and keep it locked for eye on the triangle. You're listening to WKNC.